0: Republican or a Democrat. I'm a again. And the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division and it's not gonna turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race realize we have all the power and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves.
1: Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet and why are there computers inside them when they just gotta count shit? But then Biden one, and they were like, no, they're fine.
2: now." (laughs) you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truthkin Podcast, episode 61 with Tim Gaither and Mike Baldwin. Today's episode 61, and it's our first guest, uh, Kali Fontania. I was about to say her name wrong, but I got it right. She's a very popular social media influencer, and we like watching her videos, so we are very excited to talk to her. Without any further ado, how are you doing today, Kali? Huh.
2: Surviving. Yeah, that's the best word way to put it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw your post recently where you said that like you've been kind of anxious lately and depressed about certain things. Um, what what led to that? Because oh. you you seem super <laughs> confident, so I was just curious. <laughs>
2: Uh, I was confident three years ago when I was a public school teacher, but this last three years has wrecked me. I mean, it has been, I think, I think everybody's living in a different, I feel like we're in like a, like a dystopian version of this country, you know, Yeah. (laughs) I I think about, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 41 and I think about what it was like in the nineties and the eighties and it was just completely different world, even, even five years ago. And um, I just I started speaking up about what's going on in our public schools, and I had no idea that I'd be here right now doing podcasts and interviews and then also receiving a lot of legitimate threats from the left. So um, and that's kind of shaking me. It's shaking me how how evil these people can be. I mean, I was just doing a black conservative conference at UW and we had um, someone hack the Zoom and expose themselves Like, pull out, pull out their wanky. (laughs) And there was a child in in the audience. And so this guy came onto the Zoom, was yelling at us. It was specifically for us. And then turned on his camera and flashed himself. And I've been receiving phone calls from the left recently. And so I'm just kind of getting over it. I mean, I know that this is just attacks from the devil. But, like, it's, it's. I think it's hard being on the front lines. It is right now. It's just hard being on the front lines right now.
0: Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you were a public school teacher for what, 15 years?
2: Yes. I was a public school teacher. Very, it was, it's my calling, you know, being in front of high schoolers and middle schoolers is, is what I, where I, where I belong. But um, yeah, I taught in California for 15 years. I taught the English learners and the low readers and I loved what I did. But um, the world went nuts three years ago, and they shut down our schools for a year and a half, and they, we were teaching kids via Zoom. And um, I also got to see a lot of the lessons that were being given to the students because all the teachers shared the same platform. And I started seeing these lessons that were super hyper race-focused, that were pro-Black Lives Matter, that were um, for women's History Month, they had all of these you know lessons about AOC and of course every single left-leaning politician, not a single right-leaning politician, female politician. and I just saw, wow, this is ba- our schools have turned into leftist brainwashing camps and I decided to expose those lessons online and because I was seeing them firsthand and then the rest is history. I started getting a following sharing what was going on in our public schools. I um, had to resign as well. I, d- I knew that I couldn't. I couldn't continue to be a public school teacher if I was basically taking the lessons from my district and putting them on a website. <laughs> and so I decided to resign and open up my own school, which is a K through 12 online academy called Exodus Institute. And I've been doing that for the last year and a half, and it's been it's been quite a journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, do you have like a lot of students, or?
2: Yeah, we have about 150 students. Our school is doing really well. I'm just not a businesswoman. It's it's scalable. Like I can have as many students because it's online. I could have a thousand students, but I'm just, I'm still learning how to, how to be a businesswoman and advertise. But um, yeah, we have 150 students right now, which is, which is pretty good for its first year and a half.
0: Was it hard? What, sorry.
1: sorry. Sure. What what happens like uh, if say I'm a parent, I have a kid, I want to take them out of public school and put them in the your thing. Do they like how what grades does it go through and, and can they go to college or something? after? say Like how yeah. do you get it to be th- that? What, what yeah, the- well,
2: first of all, thank you. Thank you for letting me share about it. And that's, that's something that's part of the reason why I haven't been doing podcasts. I've been saying no to a lot just to take care of myself. And then I realized, wait a second, I actually like the podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the big interviews, like the Newsmax and the big, I've, I've done some big speaking engagements. I'm like, oh, this is not for me. I don't care how much I get paid. My nerves is killing me. It's killing me. So doing <laughs> these podcasts are really nice. So thank you. Thank you for reaching out for one. And having me on and giving me a chance to say yes and doing what I doing what I love, um, yeah. It's a, it's an online K through twelve, fully accredited. We're actually we're nationally accredited, so um, our students can go into any college. We, they get a real high school diploma. Our teachers are vetted, so we are now branding ourselves as a conservative school, as a right leaning school. Um, at first, we were just saying we don't have the woke stuff you know, you don't have to worry about that. We're just basic K through 12 education, but now we are, we're, we're, we're being a little more bold. in the fact that we do teach children to, we teach children about our great history. We are, um, a lot more in the forefront of marketing ourselves as we are a counter to the left. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's K through 12, it's fully accredited. It's, um, we, uh, we take vouchers. So if you live in a, in Florida or you live in Arizona, it can be free for you if, you're, if your school is a, if your state is a school choice state and we are growing. I just need to advertise more. I'm terrible at social media. You're supposed to be like posting about your stuff like every week at least and I do it about mm-hmm. once a month. But I love what I do. I act- I personally teach the lessons that counter the left. So we have other teachers that that teach all of the subjects like math and English and um, science. And we have a, a lot of extracurricular uh, subjects as well. But I teach personally teach the enrichment program, which is the lessons that counter the left. So, for example, debunking Black Lives Matter. That's in our fifth through 12th grade curriculum. Um, I teach students about uh, what happened in Venezuela. So the fight against communism, socialism. Uh, we also do a lot of like um, uh, capitalism type lessons where they learn how to start a small business and stuff like that.
1: How to do their taxes and exactly exactly yes life life life
2: skills and that's a big emphasis on our on our at our school is to teach students life skills not only the reading writing and arithmetic but life skills as well.
0: What kind of criticism do you get as a, as a black woman conservative that, you know, it, it drives me insane that, that some of the things that, that people, um, black conservatives are the reason that I changed how I thought about a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I started listening to guys like Larry Elder and Thomas <laughs> Sowell. And I, I thought about things that I had never thought about before. What's the hardest part? What's the hardest thing for you to hear from people who who criticize you?
2: Well, I get a lot of hate from white leftists and that's annoying, but I think the hardest is, is hearing the hate from other, from black people that are still voting Democrat and still on the left. That's there's been some reaction videos done about me on YouTube. And there was these three guys that are like, they keep making, I, I don't know. They don't have a life or something, but they keep making reaction videos to some of my Twitter posts and the things they say are just, it's really sad. You know, they say that you hate yourself that you hate your race, that you are a white supremacist, which is so ridiculous. I think black conservatives get called white supremacists more than like actual card-carrying KKK member white supremacists, like mm-hmm. at this point. And um, and really, what we're about is we're we're just about taking advantage of what we have in this country right now. I mean, you look at Asian Americans, especially in California, because California. As recent as in, within the last hundred years, we were putting Japanese in internment camps, taking their their property, taking their businesses and putting them in camps. This was in the 40s. And yet they have been able to rise from that oppression. And black conservatives don't deny that. They're, that of course, this this country has. You know a taint in its history with slavery like most countries and there's still slavery today but what we are what but what we're pushing is hey that's the past it was a mistake but now we have to look at the future instead of dwelling in the past and take advantage of what this country has to offer and i'm seeing those advantages quickly being taken away because of what the left is trying to do to destroy this country and everything that we hold dear and that makes me sad. I'm like, we finally have the country we deserve where we can, where we can be prosperous. And now we're watching that. I mean, already within the last three years, you've seen since Biden took over, our economy is worse. You know, we keep voting for our own detriment and that and, and so being told that I hate myself and that I hate my race and that I'm a white supremacist when it's exactly the opposite. I, I really want to see black America thrive just like some of the other ethnic groups in this country.
0: Well, something that I that you know was brought to my attention that I didn't know about the Democratic Party was that they they were the party of slavery. Yeah, they voted unanimously against the Civil Rights Act. Uh, They were the party of Jim Crow. Uh, All these things that I've pointed out to black friends that I was like, "Hey, I didn't know this. Did you know this?" And they got upset with me, and I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm just as someone who actually cares." about what happens to black America, you think more people would know these kind of things, but they, they don't. I, I think it's crazy how ignorant so many people in this country are about facts. There's like this war on facts. Can you point to one thing of all the insanity, all the insane things going on in our country, can you point to one thing that bothers you the most?
2: Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I would say what's happening in our educational system in our, uh, you, okay. So our colleges are eight, the, the professors are 80% left leaning. All right. And a lot of them are radical Marxists, not even just left leaning. Hey, I'm a Democrat. These are like communists, full blown, mm-hmm. straight up communists. They are the ones trading our teachers now. So our teachers in this country are also majority left-leaning. So if you look at the National Educational Association, the NEA and the AFT, those are two of the largest teachers unions in this country. I think they represent like 4 million teachers. They are radical leftists. And so they're, they're taking their craziness and they're pushing it on our children in K-12. And what I'm seeing that produce is very, very unhappy kids. And that's what they want. They want to create what it is, is America, the people of America, the people in America, the people who have come to America. We're very good. This is a good country with good people who take advantage of the opportunities that we have here and the freedom that we have here. And they're trying to change that with the young people that they're bringing up right now so that we don't have a generation of kids that are able to um, take advantage of what this country offers. And then they're lawless They're their str- their, Totally lawless. They hate this country. They're struggling with mental health issues. That's what they're trying to do, and they're doing a really good job at it. I think America should be very terrified of this new generation that's coming up right now, because if you think about it, they are they're going to be our majority voter within the next twenty years, Mm -hmm. and and if we don't if we don't really work on this work on taking back our schools. We're done because these kids are not only just becoming Democrats; they're becoming full-blown socialists, communists, um, and they want to tear down this country. And that, in fact, that's what communism. That's how they say communists believe that the way that the only way that you could bring in communism is you have to tear down the country, you have to tear down capitalism, you have to tear down the constitution, and it doesn't. And you don't do it in a way that's intellectual; you do it physically. They physically want to destroy this country to rebuild. That's what they believe needs to happen. They want to kill out the older generations to bring in a new generation for this new utopia that they're supposed to have, and that they're that they're pushing on these kids. So, um, yeah, I, I firmly believe the number one problem that we have right now is is um, the education of our children.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: do you have any questions, Mike? Uh, I have a few, but I, I it's just. It's interesting to me, like, I wonder where it all started, you know, because it's clear to me that, like, the universities, all the professors are left-leaning, all the teachers now are left-leaning, and if you're not, then then you're ostracized or whatever, but now there's so many, like, HR people or, or CEOs even that, that brag about their left-leaningness and I just wonder where it all started. Whose idea was it originally to be like, let's just slowly like teach the kids to be this way. So then 20 years from now, they'll be the ones that can teach everybody to, it just, it seems like a, like a decades or even centuries long conspiracy. And I'm a big conspiracy guy, you know, like I like to find the fucked upness of whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what my question. You know, is. you're I right.
2: I mean, you're right. These these people are in it for the long, long game. If you look at some of like, okay, if we're gonna go into conspiracies, if you look at some, it's not even conspiracy. It's just facts. Uh, if you look at some of the writings of like Aleister Crowley and like Satanists and like these creepy people that have plans on how to destroy and 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 take away. Um, just take away the the good morals of the society you look at what what their plans are you look at what these communists from the 1940s their plans were to bring in communism into america and and we're really it's the we're following the blueprint uh breaking Mm -hmm. down the families breaking down morality uh bringing in lawlessness and um thesis anti-thesis consensus so they actually want us to be in war they want us to fight they want us to have this lawless society so they can come in and be like, hey, we need to break down the foundation of this country. We need to take it away. The foundation of this country is racist or whatever. And it was built upon white supremacy. We need to break it down and we need to bring in this new era of communism, communist utopia. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's it's no. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that's what b- bothers me. One of the things that bothers me the most is, so many things that are just based in fact, like, well, that's a conspiracy or it's, it's not a conspiracy. This country was essentially sold to the central bankers in 1913. And the year after that was world war one and then world Mm -hmm. war two and on and on and on because they make money off of that stuff. The people who actually run America and then like, how do you feel about, about Trump, not just as a politician, but do you think that he came along because he loves this country and wants to get us back to what the founding fathers intended it to be.
2: Well, I'll share you guys share with you guys a little bit of my background. I used to be very much on the left, and when I say the left, the leftists get really mad at this because they're like, Dem- Democrats aren't the left." You, you know, you hear them say that like that doesn't mm-hmm. mean they they love to get into semantics, but they all they all eventually vote for Biden or whatever. They say that Bernie's still a Democrat, so I, I, whatever you guys want to call yourselves, I don't care. But anyways I used to be on the left I used to be very I, I when my the first time I was able to vote I vote I voted for gore um and then I was super excited about Obama I was like banging pots and pans when he won totally into the whole hope he you know he campaigned on hope and I, I, Believe and, it, and
1: and looking back now, what is it like now that I'm smarter in all of this <laughs> politics stuff? I'm like, he wasn't even saying anything. No, he, was just he saying, wasn't. We need hope and change. Yes. And and if I could go back to that time with the knowledge I have now, I would be like, change what? The exact like, same,
2: same. What? But I, yeah, I, at, at you the young, time, young people. I, when you're young, you think things are bad for some reason. Like, I mean, maybe in your own personal life, I wasn't raised. i, I my single mom welfare you know uh my grandma had to bring us groceries to make sure that we were fed as kids lots of hard you know hard stuff but at the same time i i'm i'm now aware of the fact that you can be whoever you want to be in this country if you put your mind to it but back then you know you have this victim mindset and, and you think that things are bad and it wasn't it really wasn't this country is the greatest country on earth anyways um so i was excited for obama And then, you know, I'm still I was still very much in my ideals, very much on the left. And I noticed that Obama cut food stamps. And I was like, wait a second. He he did the largest food stamp cup cut of my lifetime. And I'm like, okay uh, I thought that he was supposed to be like for the poor people. And here he is cutting food stamps. And then I also wasn't into war. And here he was putting us into wars and droning, droning, droning people. Right. You know, drone bombing. And then um, and then he passed Common Core, which was at the time I was going through my teacher education program and Common Core. I, I, I was shocked by that because, it, first of all, the standards sucked and they took away our autonomy as teachers. And it it forced us all to teach the same thing to kids federally. Um, fe- they were federal standards, which are that's against our Constitution. We were supposed to have state run schools. Mm-hmm. And here he is bringing these these standards in and, and they they were terrible especially the math common core standards. And then he said he was going to reverse the um, Patriot Act. And, I, and I, that was one thing that I noticed that the left and right were pretty uh, united on. We didn't like the Patriot Act. We didn't want, you know, your, our own government. We need to have privacy from our own government. He was supposed to re- reverse that. And he passed the National Defense Act or something like that. And it was even worse than the Patriot Act. So at this point, I was really jaded and I I, I didn't vote for him second term. I was like, I've been deceived. I'm not voting for him. I'm not voting at all because I don't trust either side. And I think Obama's second term was when it was was it it was against Mitt Romney and uh, Paul Ryan. Was that who was running? And we think about that now and it's like, okay, I was right to not vote for any side during that Uh time. Right. So I, I just didn't trust either side of of politics. I was like, you know what? I, it's all my Jamaican dad used to call it polytricks. Like it's just tricks. It's just there it it's a uniparty, you know. Obama just furthered the Bush agenda and I was like, I didn't like Bush, but now we have this guy who's doing everything that wa- Bush wanted to do in the office, but just he just has brown skin. And so um and so then Trump came around and he was something different. And I was willing to give him a chance and I also can't stand Hillary Clinton. I mean, she's evil incarnate. Yeah. (laughs) So I voted for Trump to spite Hillary because I just wanted her to have one less, and I was like, let's see what this guy does. And I actually, I I really was impressed with how he did as a president. And he's he cracks me up. I think he's hilarious, and I I like what he did for Black America, which is most anyone has ever done in my lifetime for Black America. And I just think that when when I hear him talk, and, and I also used to watch The Apprentice in the late '90s. And he's been the same. He's been very consistent. I don't think he's perfect, but I do like that what you see is what you get. And the fact that he enrages evil, satanic people is also kind of a, you know, a when the, when the, well, yeah, exactly. There you go. Bonus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You touched on so many things that, you know, I think young people, they're idealists and then they hear the media talk about certain things and they're like, yeah, I'm on that side because I want everyone to get treated fairly. And it's like, well, it, the way it was, the way this country was founded and the way we were going until people started trying to actively destroy it was in the right direction. Um, and and speaking of Obama, like Mike and I both leaned left also when we were younger, we were even up to a few years ago, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't vote for Trump the first time. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote for Hillary either. I voted for <laughs> Gary Johnson
2: because I,
0: I didn't like either one of them. Mm-hmm. And then in the second term, I absolutely voted for Trump. And I told my wife the night of the election, I was like, "He was." she was telling me, she was like, he's gonna win. He's winning here, here and here. And I was like, Casey, they are not going to let that man win. They They're not have, gonna
2: let him win again. It's They done. have
0: too much to lose. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm afraid of. Do you think there's any chance uh, he can win this election?
2: you know what it's personally for me this is i like trump i i wish that he that he would just he has so much money i'm like go and just live out the rest of your years and get away because these people they will not stop they are so evil and whatever they're trying to hide which we know is great evil they are will not stop will stop at nothing to to get him out away And because that's what
1: that's what makes me think that there's a plan or something that there's an actual, you know, that we're we're, I I like the Q stuff and all that. Like Mm -hmm. they mentioned, like, are you allowed to prosecute a, a someone who's running for president? And questions like that. And it's like Tucker Carlson said it best, you know, like they they attacked him they ridiculed him they mocked him and none of that worked so now they're pressing charges against him and i don't know if any of that's going to work either and after that what option do they have but to just try to kill the guy and yeah. i and i don't, i'm i'm of the belief that they've probably tried several times already they just don't And they were thwarted, you know, and Trump's not going to go out and be like, we stopped an assassin because that would just make so many other people want to be assassins also. But I mean, the the fact that any one of the things that they've busted Trump on would have ended the career of any other politician in history tells me that there's more going on than just like Trump's lucky and just happened to not get in trouble over the thing that was going to bring down his whole family, you know what I mean? Oh, like-
2: I mean, they from the moment he stepped foot in office, from even when he first ran, they've been after him. They've been—it's pretty. Yeah. I, I do think that there is some divine protection around him. <laughs> like he is—he has been able to skirt a lot of it, and he's—he's he's also very inspiring. And I miss—I miss him being our president because it helped me to deal with a lot of the hate that I've been receiving to see him so strong. And mm-hmm. to kind of laugh it off and to still enjoy like enjoy life, even though these evil people are out to bring him down. And he has so much more to lose than I do, right? I don't even have children. He has children that they could really go after. He has a massive amount of wealth that they already have gone after. Um, but what worries me though about that is the way they've gone around after all of the people around him. You know, like think about Mike Lindell right now. They're they're He's been sued so many times, and the legal fees that he's dealing with is making him to where he's he's barely hanging on to his My Pillow business, which was very successful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's millions and millions of dollars. They're they're putting what they did to the people at January sixth. That that also really worries me that they could put someone in in prison for twenty years who wasn't even there. Right? But
1: they, they have to do that because they have to say that it was an insurrection. So yes, then they can exactly. charge Trump mm-hmm. with starting an insurrection. Exactly. And, then- and that's
2: where I think they're going to get him. And I, and I, I, I the people that are optimistic about this, great. I'm all for your optimism. But I have a feeling if they can lock up the January. 6- when, once the um, Proud Boys guy got locked up, I was mm-hmm. like, for not even being there, I was like, oh, oh, they're going to be able to get Trump. They're going to be able to get Trump. And um and so I, at this point we have to just get ready for the ex- worst, but also hope for the best.
1: I'm I'm still hoping for the best. Good. Like Come, I, you do
2: that for me.
1: <laughs> I just I any of these things would have busted anybody else. So it just tells me that I I hope none of it's real. There's a yeah. light that's
0: shining right on my face, and I don't know to I can't I can't even see it. But yeah,
2: I can't see it.
0: Yeah. um, And going back to Obama, like the just the fact that he dropped a bomb like every 20, literally like every 20 minutes of his presidency and the things that the media doesn't talk about just drives me absolutely insane. And I worry about what their what links they're going to go to to keep Trump from being president? Because I think if it was a free and fair election, I think he would win in a landslide. I think he won the last election in a landslide. Um, but I don't know. You know, last time I believe they used COVID to cheat the election, and I don't think that they can cheat on that massive scale. So I'm worried that they're going to start World War Three rather than let him become the president to hide what they've done. That's my biggest fear. That's
2: a very valid worry. I mean, everyone in the everyone who if you there's a lot of action happening right now in the military. So um, and one of the greatest ways to distract the American people is to put us in a full blown war. And that's what they're willing to do. I'm, I'm telling you, these people are evil. So I think they're willing to do whatever it takes. We already know they're willing to sacrifice lives. They're already willing to let people waste away in hospitals by themselves and die alone. I mean, they're they're evil. They're evil people, and so I think I think that's part of the reason why I'm a little more depressed recently. I I love that you have hope, Mike, but it's hard to have hope right now. And I think right right we just have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and we're ready for what's to come because I have a feeling next year is going to be pretty pretty intense.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, Th- they've got to do everything they can mm-hmm. to stop the one guy who can save the world. That's yeah. the way I look at it and, <laughs> but they're like the evil geniuses you know so they're gonna do increasingly crazy shit
2: and it's not necessarily anything super special about Trump himself like who he is it's just he he's the right man at the right time he's got the personality he has the money. Because you need to have money to do this. He he's independent, so he doesn't need to have the backing of like let's think of like a DeSantis for example. Who I don't know what right. you guys think about him, but he's he's a snake. DeSantis is a snake. Anyways, he he, he DeSantis needs all of these people to back to back him up, and all of, so he has to put those interests first, right? And then um, and then he also and then Trump also has the love for this country that that is rare to see. There's no one that is. And he's also able to um, inspire that in others. He is really good at helping people to to love this country and inspiring them to love this country. And that's one thing I I really appreciate about him as a president, because you need to have people that love. I mean, it's pretty stupid to hate your own country. It really is. It's yeah. you're just it's like shooting yourself in the foot. It re- That's what it is. And and the left is really into that. They love hating their own country and it's, you're not going to get anywhere doing that. Um, and so I, I like that about Trump that he inspires patriotism. Yeah. I, I, I I hope you're right. I hope you're right that, that we can still have hope, but at the same time, I I wouldn't be surprised with what's coming next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, nothing will surprise me at this (laughs) point, but yeah, I like uh, I was just thinking today they were talking about Biden's going over to Israel either today or tomorrow or yeah. sometime soon. And and this is something that I hadn't even considered before, but it seems like a total deep state thing to do to have Biden get accidentally attacked or killed or whatever. And then everybody looks at him as like a, a martyr or something, you know? He's like, he was just going over there to stop the war like he was a good man. Now leave his son alone and stop looking at our bank records and whatnot. Uh-huh. I don't know anything, but anything that happens wouldn't surprise me at this point.
2: Yes. Yes. I think the best thing for people to do is to just make sure they're taking care of their families and taking care of themselves. Cause we really need people to be strong right now. And that's something I'm working on personally. That's why I kind of had to take a step back from social media. I've said a no to a lot of interviews because I was really burning myself out. I mean, last year I probably traveled 20, 25 times and that's a lot for me coming from someone who has just stayed in the classroom for 15 years. right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I was I I started a school. I um, wrote a guide against critical race theory. I did a Prager U video. I did a vice panel. I was doing all these things that were like completely outside my comfort zone and burning myself out. And my health was suffering. And I realized, okay, this is not going to work. Like we have to take care of ourselves during this time because we do need people to be strong. Because right now your podcast has probably more truth. I mean, it is more truth than any mainstream news organization right now. We are the truth right now. Small creators, small content creators, people that are going out there and telling, hey, this is what's really happening. We're the truth right now. So if they take us out, one way or another, whether it be our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health, or just having us so stressed out that we're having to work all the time. And we can't take the time to do stuff like this. Where's the, where, where are people going to get the truth? I mean, imagine yeah. if we didn't have small content creators during COVID.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it, it just wears on you when they censor you the way they do. Oh, like
2: It's so you know, bad. Like
0: when, when Mike and I put our podcast up on Facebook, I mean, I sound like a dork saying this, but most of the stuff we put up is pretty popular among our little circle or whatever. And then when we put something up that has some truth to it about what's actually going on in the world, or a clip from our podcast, or just telling us, "Hey, the new one's out," um, all of a sudden it'll have like seven likes or nine likes or something. And it's it's just frustrating because you know that's not the truth. You know, most people aren't even seeing that, mm-hmm. um, and, and that can just wear on you. You know, like do, you know, because you you know that people care but they do a good job of making you think, well, maybe people don't care about this, but I think they do. Um, and people are scared. People reach out to me pr- through private message all the time that never like liked the post, but they will be like, I really love your guys' podcast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well then help us, you know, but they've scared people into thinking you can't even have an opinion because you're a racist or a sexist or, you know, all that crap that's just not true. Um, they've done a heck of a job of, so you
2: guys um, need to start dressing up like women and saying you're trans and then they'll, <laughs> then they'll start promoting your podcast. There <laughs> go. You don't even need to do it. Just say it, just say, okay, we're two trans identifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. They will, they, they will promote, uh, it's, it's all very highly controlled. So y- you will be promoted. It's interesting because I've been able to break through the algorithms And break through all of the shadow bands. Once I started doing my satire videos, I don't know if you guys have seen those, but I do this character where I'm in a mask, yeah, and I mock the left. But the algorithms don't recognize that as satire, and so they allow those videos to get millions of views. And um, that's how I was able to grow on YouTube. Is I wasn't going anywhere on YouTube for two years. I was just like maybe a thousand followers. And then I started posting these satire videos where I'm saying like right wing extremists are attacking me or um, racist Trump. Right. And those are the head. That's the headline. Boom. All of a sudden they're, they're able to go through the algorithm. If you do anything with the word Biden, you cannot say the word Biden. I, you will notice in my content. I never say that I I will never write the word Biden. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll say it, but usually I won't even say, say the word. Because they will suppress everything about Biden, every, even if it's positive, because they want to control it that much. And so you just have to. There's just certain ways to, you have to get to do to get around it. Because I didn't start during Trump was a really great time. I mean, can you can you imagine there was a time when Infowars was on YouTube for like years? Yeah. That's how I used to watch Infowars. Like you know, I would just go to YouTube. I I can't even imagine them allowing that now. And that was that was unprecedented when they went and and all of these big tech companies deleted this man from the internet within a day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, but during Trump, there was a lot, there was, you'll notice that a lot of the people that are really big that have millions of followers, these conservative commentators, they were able to rise during that time. And a lot of them have big egos and I'm like, you guys, you guys, you were able to rise when there wasn't censorship. I, I don't know where a lot of these other people would be at if we had that same kind of, you know, uncensored environment that was happening during Trump. But it's very different now. You just have to be unapologetically um, consistent in your, no matter how much you get banned, no matter how much you get shadow banned, just keep going. Just keep going. It's uh,
1: one thing that I thought of just now is Tim talking about the people that are like, I I like your podcast, but I'm not going to click the like button. I'm not going to post anything about it because I think everybody, well, and then you mentioned Alex Jones and, and, So I think there's different levels of people that are trying to spread the truth, you know, and Alex Jones would be up there near the top somewhere. He was the guy since the late 80s or something that was like, the government's going to kill us all. But then there's people like us, me and Tim and you apparently now, like we are breaking through to that, like, I'm not going to keep my opinion to myself. Like I see the bullshit in this stuff. I'm going to talk about it. And, but I wasn't like we said, we were Obama people 15 years ago. You know, like everybody is coming through this phase. That's why I'm into the Q shit. Cause the, I mm-hmm. feel like it really is a great awakening. You know, mm-hmm. people are, at different speeds are slowly being like the news is lying to me, man. And then that makes them realize like, like, maybe my school is lying to me like why is my boss lying to me and and it's and now we know a lot of the social media and stuff they're lying to us anthony fauci was lying to us like biden's lying to us now it's like where does it end you know but slowly more and more people are realizing that everything's bullshit
2: yeah it is it is and then then it's like where do you go for truth and, and that's the other thing that I want to warn people about is now that I've, I, this last year, my following has grown pretty substantially. And I started getting contacted by interest groups that have you um, basically retweet or say a certain talking point for money and you don't tell your followers that you're doing it. So it could be something as simple as, hey guys, we need to unite behind McCarthy. Okay. Um, and so, the, or it'll be about a certain politician that you, you want to, and it'll be a campaign that they ask you to be, to, um, say these, say these talking points. And they're like, here's someone like me. I'll get off for a 30 second video. It's 300 to $500. The bigger people it's 5,000 to $10,000. Hmm. Um, even just to retweet, uh, I was offered a hundred dollars just to retweet, you know, just to push a button. Right. And it was very, and, and, and it's funny because, um, when i got these started getting contacted by this i was like first of all no i'm not going to do that i i've always been someone who um i don't i don't like social media so it's not been a, a a goal of mine to be like a social media influencer i didn't even have facebook instagram until covid and i was like My left-leaning family wasn't talking to me, so I opened up a Facebook so I could talk to them, right, Um, because they were all freaked out. And so it's never been a goal of mine, but but I can imagine it being very tempting for some people. But the reality is now I know how to recognize what these posts look like that are getting paid. And let me tell you, 9 out of 10 people with followings bigger or around the same as mine are doing it so they're doing these posts these talking points these videos that are by interest groups and they're not telling their followers that they're getting paid paid to paid to basically get them and the left does this all the time they do this all the time
0: sure. and
2: it, it's kind of like fighting fire with fire but at the same time you cannot we cannot trust our side i wish we could but i i, tr- I can't trust the average republican politician i really can't and um I think there's only a few of them that are not compromised and all these interest groups, you can't trust them as well. And they're the ones that are funding these campaigns. So I was sent to campaign to when McCarthy was first um, voted in as speaker. Um, he, we were sent to campaign cause you know, people were wary of him and we were sent to campaign to basically say, Hey guys, let's give him a chance. And at least he did the right thing in, in this blah, blah, blah. And it was it, and it was funny because I was able to look up all the people that did this that did this campaign and basically got paid to say, you know what, we're weary of him, but at least give him a chance. That was the talking point. And there was a lot of them. There was a lot of people. And um, the big ones do it, too. Uh, there was a huge campaign for DeSantis among social media influencers. So they were given talking talking points to start breaking down people's trust in Trump. And they all did it around the same time. And it was um, it was a it was a paid campaign
0: yeah I don't, I don't trust our side either especially when it comes to like you, you know I talk about 9/11 all the time on this podcast and I don't know how you feel about that particular topic but the the official story of it to me is just the biggest lie ever told and there's so many people that that will not talk about that subject I haven't even really heard Trump talk about it too much I'm hoping that if he gets reelected, that he does talk about it. I'm very curious about how he feels about it. Um, but that changed everything for me, that particular topic, when I once I started looking into it a little bit and was like, wow, the official story is absurd.
2: Oh, it was very, it was what the left was doing at the time. I remember even Michael Moore's documentary, Fahrenheit 9 11. And it's funny because now it's like we're not allowed to talk about this because it's the right that's talking about it now right when it was the left it was totally fine we were like yeah bush was in on it we all knew right but now yeah. we can't say those things without being censored and that's the this is this is what has happened that really worries me is now people are being sued for slander so like for example um people like mike lindell or rudy giuliani they've been sued for slander for just saying uh um, uh alex jones just for practicing free speech, they're getting, they're, they're being bankrupted. They're being, they're being sued. And so we can't even question things now. You know, imagine if you, if you like, let's say you guys are prominent. Let's say you guys have millions of millions of followers and everyone's listening to your podcast and you guys do a a 9-11 conspiracy theory podcast. The victims, the family, the Vic, the families of the victims can sue you. And so that's why a lot of people are silent on this stuff now, because we've just, we've lost our free speech in this country.
0: You you know what I've noticed though, is they never like, there's quite a few people. I don't know how you feel about Pizzagate. I was going to ask you your opinion about it. Um, But I've noticed that those people, they, they, the people who are accused of certain things like the Clintons and Obamas and them, they don't, they, they never acknowledge it. Maybe that's part of their plan just to not acknowledge it. When people bring up that topic, um, but it also, if, if they were like to sue, they would have discovery and then they would have to bring out like the WikiLeaks emails and all that and discuss the validity of them and all that. So what's your opinion on Pizzagate?
2: Uh, will you remind me of exactly what that is? Because I, I,
0: well, Pizzagate is the theory that some high level politicians are in on some
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Titanic, pedophilia I not know if it yeah. something specific, but well, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager went to a spirit cooking ceremony.
1: Wow! Yeah, As but they, it was it, that was just fun. It's just They're art, just, right? It's, it's just no art. big deal. Yeah, we what? just
2: take we just drink blood, and you know that's just art, guys. Just yeah. ignore. So, um, oh well, I'm a Christian. I I've had supernatural experiences. There's definitely evil like out what? there. Great, great, great evil.
1: What supernatural yeah. experience?
2: I don't really share my testimony. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm actually, that's, I think that's part of the reason why I've been attacked though, is because God's like, you need to start sharing a little more about who you are spiritually. And I've been kind of, cause it's something I want to keep for myself. Cause everything you share, you get attacked on, right? There's always sure. some Karen. That's just Karen's of America <laughs> that love to put you down. And like my relationship with God is like very, it's like precious to me, and I don't want people to. I don't. I don't. I'd feel like it's. It's something that I want to keep for myself. But that's not really what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and You're not. It's like the opposite of what Christians are supposed to do. But at this point, I'm like, I don't want to give them that. But um, yeah, I had a cra- I had a crazy supernatural experience that woke me up uh, fifteen years ago.
1: Interesting.
2: Yes. It was over a weekend and I'm not, I've never been the same. I cut drinking. I cut smoking. I cut listening to bad music. I cut it all because I was like, Oh wow, this is real. Like there really is a demonic realm. There's really um, a God that loves you. There's Jesus is real. He's really coming. He's going to be a God of judgment, but also of justice and love. And there is great evil on this earth. And, and these people are Satanists. They worship the devil and um, they've, they, they look terrible for one. So the devil can't really make them live forever. You know, like that's been one thing for me. I'm like, okay, so these Satanists, these people they are all depressed. They all look horrible. And then I, and then some of the most uh Christian people I've been around in my life are some of, like real Christians. You know, there's a lot of fake Christians, but real Christians are some of the sweetest, kindest, happiest people I've ever been around. So yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't really like to talk about it that much because it is really dark what these people are doing. I mean, it's incredibly dark and I'm a sensitive person, especially when it comes to abuse of children. Yeah, it's what these people are doing is is uh, it's beyond words. It's beyond words.
1: It's evil. Yeah. And And I just in the last week or two with the Israel and Hamas stuff, like I've seen stuff on Twitter that I never thought. I would see on Twitter, you and know, it's like-
2: interesting that they're allowing it to come through. That's something that I even on. It, they're allowing some of these images to come through on Instagram, yeah, and YouTube, and TikTok, and and when when you can't even show like a drop of blood without being censored, and now all of a sudden they're showing us dead babies, and so I'm like, right. why are they allowing this to come through? And um because there is, there, if we had, if we got to see even what's happening at the border. What truly is happening at the border, what these border patrol agents are witnessing with young girls that have semen from 60 different men in them. um, We would be we would be horrified, but uh, but they don't. They don't show us the images of what's really happening. Uh, The cartel beheading people. They behead people all the time. The cartel Mm -hmm. act like kind of the way they kill people is they behead them with machetes and we don't see those images, but now all of a sudden they're showing us these images to get a reaction from us because they know, again, the American people are good. And when we see something that is an, uh, that is unjust, we want justice to be served, well, but it's, and it, they, they choose what they want us to see is basically what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah. And
0: it, and it strengthens Satanists. I mean, they get off, they thrive on pain, you know? So when they show it, the people who are down for that stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't make them, it doesn't gross them out. It, it, strengthens them and, and i that know that sounds crazy exactly. to people. It
2: does. It does. That's why they that's why i mean if we want to get into real conspiracy theories here i'm a protestant and i love catholic people but like the vatican and the catholic church and um the system of the vatican there's a reason why they always are emphasizing jesus on the cross dead and have very dark images of him on the cross dead, right? Because it's Satan reliving his greatest moment of, of killing Christ, right? So yeah, so it's it's. I didn't even watch the George Floyd video. That was my very first Facebook post that was controversial. I was I'm like,
0: not, I'm not familiar with that one. What did you say?
2: I I uh, so it was just this is a while back. So, you know, this is when George Floyd happened, and I said, nope, I'm not watching this. You guys are sick. Like, why are you? you there's a, there's stuff that's happening in this country all the time. And the mainstream media decides there's it's called a snuff video you can look up snuff videos where you can watch people die Mm -hmm. they're illegal you're not supposed to you're not supposed to just watch people be beheaded and watch people be killed and all this stuff but all of a sudden cnn is playing on loop this black man being killed right and why is it that that the mainstream media wants us to see this these images and we have mirror neurons in our brains and um, they want that to be replaying in our heads, Black men dead, black men dead, black men being killed. Right. And mm-hmm. so I said, I'm not even watching this. I mean, I'm, I don't condemn people that did watch. It. it was literally everywhere. There was people that changed their Facebook, their Facebook profile picture to his mm-hmm. knee, to the cop's knee and his face all like mangled. Right. It was like a cult of death. And these people became insane about it. And I remember that that first weekend of protests, the first man that was killed in the, the Black Lives Matter protest was a black man. And I was like, OK, you guys, if you really care about black people, why are you guys just allowing this black people to die at these protests? And um, and they didn't they didn't show that they didn't show that they didn't even talk about that guy being killed for like three or four days in the mainstream news. And I was like, OK, this is just the news picking and choosing who you're supposed to care about. And I'm not falling for it. And I got a lot of hate for that.
0: <laughs> or the, the uh, former police chief, uh, David Dorn, I believe his name yep. was. Yeah. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Yes. He, he was just trying to protect a friend of his shop and got shot and they Facebook-lived it and all that stuff. And I'm that like-
2: 12 people that were killed within those first two weeks at the Black Lives Matter protests. More than the cop had killed in the whole year of unarmed black men.
0: And twice as many that got killed in January 6th. And, they, and people didn't even actually die in, on January 6th. That was no. all like after the fact. Yeah, um, And to hear it, to hear people compare January 6th to 9-11 and all that, I'm like, everything we're told is bullshit, especially really is. the stuff they put on mainstream media. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about mainstream media? Does it make you just want to vomit?
2: Oh, it's such trash, but I do check it because I like to know what's what what's being fed to the masses. Mm-hmm. I like to know what's being fed to my family because a lot of them are on the left. I like to know, oh, great. Now I know my mom's going to get scared of COVID again because they're bringing it up, right? And then when it's not, a, then when it's not in the headlines she's not scared of it anymore but um it's 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 just it's just manipulation it's just mass manipulation and the thing is we've had it our whole time as a, in in our in this country's existence it's just that now we they have to be so much more sensational because we have so many people that are with social media and with the internet that are countering them that was the problem with trump is that we had trump had they were saying everything they possibly could about him. He's a Nazi. He's a white supremacist. He's a rapist. He wants to be with his daughter. And these are like, not just weird, weirdo conspiracy theorists. These are actual news commentators on like, good morning America or whatever. The and view and yeah, exactly, yeah. the view saying this about Trump. Yet st- he still got more votes. He got more votes at the end of his four years than at the beginning when he first came into office.
0: Yeah. He got the, uh, this last
2: him Hitler, they called him Hitler, like, and yet, because there were so many people that were countering their lies. And- isn't that
0: crazy that a guy who, who, who brought peace to the Middle East, who started no new wars, who made peace with Kim Jong Un, all these things that they said, he's gonna start a world war and all this stuff. He, he doesn't do any of that. And he steps aside. And now all these crazy things are happening. Uh, war wise, um, that would have that never happened under him. Um, going back to what you are saying about like the first step act and all that stuff, all these things he did for black America, and he's still called a racist and all this. And so many people just don't know these things. I saw a video earlier of a woman who was in prison, um, in Georgia and she gave birth in prison and she was chained to the, to the bed and all that while the sheriff watched her give birth. Um, and Trump came along and did away with uh, the 94 crime bill, which has locked up so many black people. Um, and Biden wrote and sponsored that. And the average American has no idea, you know, they, they scream racism and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're voting for the true racist. You're helping them continue what they've been doing forever. It's so. Speaking
2: of, speaking of that woman, it's really sad that it's take a, it's now been maybe four years since the first step act around mm-hmm. there maybe five even um that's taken that long for people to know about what he did within that act and that woman went to the white house and and told trump hey can you include and make a and ban um ban them from chaining women to the bed when they're giving birth and he listened to her and he included that in the first step act and it's to the point where it's like, okay. And then when I saw everyone turning on Trump so easily, this was like a year ago. And when, when it was, when everyone was saying Ron DeSantis isn't running, and I was like, yes, he is. And everyone was uh-huh. like acting like Trump was attacking him out of nowhere, right? Um, how easily people turned on him, and I was like, you know what? You guys don't deserve him. It's to the point where it's like I feel like this country should get what they deserve, and we've we have turned a blind eye to wickedness for a really long time. And that just can't last. You can't just continue to have mercy when you allow so much wickedness. And um, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, I think about what's going on in our public schools. And it's been bad for since I was in high school. We had rainbow clubs where kids were meeting after school with teachers and talking about their sexual orientation and their sexual lives, right? Like, we should have been upset about that 30 years ago. And now we're kind of playing, trying to play catch up and it's, it's the damage has been done.
0: And in California, they're doing that stuff like as young as five. And I have a a little boy who's going to be five in November. And, um, I'm like, he, he, first of all, he'll go to public school in California over my dead body. Yeah. Uh, I say that all the time. We're homeschooling him three days a week and sending him to this, uh, school that's not public for two days a week. Um, but it's just vile the things that that they're doing and, and brainwashing these children.
2: And know? it's not it's not even just. I would say you're if you're if you're raising your child really strong, just trust most of them are going to turn out even in the worst environments. Because I don't want to totally fear monger parents because your work is the most important. Your influence mm-hmm. on your child is the most important. And there are some parents that can't afford to homeschool and they can't. Sure. They, their only option is public school. It's just really important that they prepare their kids for what they're going to face. And they also need to protect them from the other students. You need to be so careful about who your kids are friends with. And I don't care if they have a hissy fit. Just say, you're not allowed to hang out with them. I don't, it, it is what it is. When you turn 18, you can go find that person, which you probably won't because kids change friends friend groups, like 10 times, and, you know, some kids have friends forever, but most of the time kids go through different friends groups and their best friends for three years and they move on to another one. Right. right. Um, so you need to be so careful about who your child is hanging out with, because that's the greatest influence besides you. It's not necessarily just the school. It's who your child is hanging out with and yeah. that, that you can, you can still control even with having your child in public school.
0: Yeah. And it's nationwide, too. It's not just California as far as like things happening in public schools. But to your point, um, I've got nieces and nephews that I are just phenomenal kids. And it, you're right. It, it does start in the home. And if you have a good enough foundation at home, it doesn't matter what kind of craziness they hear in school. Um, and, and I certainly am empathetic for people who have no choice um, the way my family is. Fortunately, we're able to. Um, you know, because of my job and, and my wife's job, we have some flexibility to do those things, but a lot of people don't. Um, so I have nothing but empathy for them.
2: Yes. Yes. And um, I just wanted to put out there uh, that I have an, my enrichment program, which is, I have a full K through 12 program, but the enrichment program, which is lessons that counter the left, it's only $20 a month. So if you have a child that is in public school and it's for fifth through 12th grade, because it you, Younger kids, they don't need to be exposed to how lame the world is and how lame leftism is. All you know, right. just just give them a little bit. Just warn them. Yeah. But keep them protected from it, basically. But the, but the kids that are older, they're going to be exposed to it. No matter how hard you try to um, protect your child from, let's say, learning about what non-binary is and intersexual and all of this weird freak show stuff that we're having to deal with now, um, it's important to... to, to to prepare them to have the counter arguments to um, basically be able to stand up for truth, for the truth. And so my my fifth through 12th grade program basically um, counters the left and teaches children the facts, the facts of biology, teaches them the facts of um, the founding of this country, the facts about slavery that the left often likes to leave out because I have been contacted by parents, several parents, in fact, that wish that they had made sure that their child was solid before they went to college because the college brainwashed them. And now they come back and they don't recognize their child, their child's some like weirdo Marxist. And um, and so that program is for parents that particularly that have their kids in public school and want to make sure that they're getting a balanced view of um, the history of this country mainly.
0: What are a couple of things about slavery that the average person doesn't know that you're speaking about?
2: Oh yeah, there's a lot. So for one, the Cherokee owned slaves, black slaves. So they don't teach that in our public schools. They don't teach the they 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 want to push this idea that it was only white people that owned slaves ever. <laughs> you know, they don't talk about um, they don't talk about the fact that Cherokee owned slaves or that. Black Americans, free Black Americans, owned slaves. And yes, half of the slaves they owned—about fifty percent—were buying their own family members. But the other fifty percent, some of them were full-on plantation owners, and they had like a hundred slaves. And so, they'll—if if you even mention that talking point, you'll get—they'll call it a talking point for one, and you'll get like, "Oh, how dare you!" That's just a—but it's like it's that's a fact of the—that's a fact you know that that there were black americans that owned slaves at the time they won't mention the fact that 90% of the slave trade went to other countries not the us during the transatlantic slave trade they went to brazil they went to s- countries in south america they went to you know where all
1: the white supremacists live yeah
2: Spangers. brazil yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and then um they won't mention that you know it was Black American, black Black Africans that would capture the slaves and deliver them to be sold. Um, they won't talk about how they were treated. The Black African slaves, the the, the African slaves by other African tribes, um, brutal brutal treatment. Like the Dahomey tribe from the Woman King movie, they they t- that was total propaganda. But the Dahomey tribe, they would kill when the king would die. They would kill the king's slaves along with the king and bury them, kind of like in Egypt where they would kill the Egyptian servants along when the king would die or when the Mm -hmm. Pharaoh would die. That's what they would do in those kind in those countries. I mean there, and we didn't do that here. And then they don't talk about the fact that we have more people in slavery today than there was 150 years ago. It's just our slavery is just overseas. Now there's still black people that are being like working as slave laborers, you know, harvesting our cocoa beans and harvesting cobalt. And some of them are children. The average yeah. age of a child slave labor in, in on the cocoa farms is around 11. There's kids as young as eight, you know, harvesting cocoa beans sold by their own families. They just don't, they don't teach those facts because they want a narrative to be pushed. And so that's a lot of what my, my program does is just share kids, share kids, the facts. I mean, it wasn't an abhor- abhorrent thing, but, uh, a horrible ty- abhorrent time in our country. But we were also the first country to have a group in mass say that slavery should be illegal. It was the North at the time, but that was the largest group in the world to say no to slavery.
0: And, and do you think they push that narrative and, and omit certain information as a way to help divide us all to make, you know, make it seem like, well, it's just whitey that's evil and 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 all of that. Do you think that's part of it, or what's your opinion on that? I don't
2: that? think it. I know it. It's it is. So I've done a lot of work exposing critical race theory. And what critical race theory does is America. It's actually really hard to divide people by class in America because so many of the millionaires in this country, the people that are rich, are self-made, and they didn't inherit their wealth. And that's uh, so when you divide people by class, it, it you. It's, it's really hard to do that because there's so many people that are like, hey, I was on the bottom and I worked my way up. I think 90% of the millionaires in this country are self-made millionaires. And so instead of doing that, they're now doing it by race. So they're doing the, the two groups, the oppressed and the oppressor is now whites versus everybody else. And, and um, then
1: they throw in sexuality or uh religion or yes. d- basically just anything to mm-hmm. to divide us democrat yes. and republican like yes and like we were saying earlier i'm i i could probably think of five politicians that, that consider themselves republicans that i actually trust mm-hmm. and the rest of them are like like you said you know uh, Mitt romney and paul ryan and shit and mm-hmm. i'll see i'll hear news stories about like Uh, The the bipartisan effort to do something. And I'm like, who were the Republicans in this bipartisan effort? And they're like, oh, you know, Liz Cheney. And so and I'm like, that's not Republican like I think about Republican. There's like a few, a handful that Donald Trump is one. I'd like to think Jim Jordan is probably another one. Uh, hopefully, he becomes Speaker of the House. He lost the first vote as of uh, about thirty minutes ago. Oh,
2: good to know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see what is, happens. Trump bought us time. I don't think he was supposed to. I don't think they were expecting him to win. I I remember telling my students because I was still public school teacher at the time, and they I taught all the English learners, the kids that are um, you know from Mexico. At um, now we have all types of people coming over our over our borders now, but usually. At the, at the time, especially in California, it was mainly Mexican kids that were coming in. And um, um, their parents wanted to give them a, a better life. And I remember my students being so scared about Trump winning. And I and I told them, and I, I kept, I always stayed politically neutral. But at this, but it was such a heated time in our country. I told them, oh, guys, he's not going to win. They chose, they chose Trump so that Hillary could win. I remember thinking that. Like mm-hmm. he's just so, I mean, it's Donald Trump. I, I thought I was like, what is this a Simpsons episode? you know? And um, and so that's what I thought. I firmly believed that he was not supposed to win. and it and but our election system hasn't become too com- wasn't compromised enough, and we voted him in because we were like this Hillary was such an unpopular candidate, and Trump, they they shouldn't have let him speak. Because at first I thought he was just this buffoon celebrity, yeah, guy. And then he started speaking. And his speeches were like, wait a second here. This guy is like, this guy's talk, his policies are really good. And um, and then and there was something about him as a businessman that was like, this guy can actually get it done. And so we voted him in and he was a disruptor. He bought us time. I now think they're back on their original timeline. It's been disrupted a little bit. They're back on their original timeline of collapsing this country. And I don't think that they're going to let it ever waver again.
1: I think they will.
2: (laughs) Well, we'll have to see. You'll have to have me back in a year.
1: I would love to. Yes. (laughs) I think they had the the 16-year plan. I think they planned on eight years of Obama, followed by eight years of Hillary. And by the end, we were going to be build back better, new world order, slave shit, you know, like a brave new world type stuff where it's like your body is not your own. Your body belongs to everybody and everybody's body belongs to you like that kind of stuff. And I think Trump came in. But then now that Trump's in there or, or was, then I think the plan totally changed. And now I'm hoping at least that the plan was four years of Trump doing cool shit four years of somebody else to just show how absolutely terrible it can get if we don't care about our local politics and who our president is. And then hopefully four more years of Trump again after that to, to fix everything. And according to him, he's like, eh, we'll fix this all in six months, you know, no big deal.
0: Well, I mean, he's the first president of my lifetime that if he said something on Friday, it was done by Monday and
2: I didn't opposition too with yeah opposition
0: absolutely. I mean, every single day of his presidency, he was attacked for something. Um, and I personally think I've said this before on this podcast. I think they cheated in the 2016 election as well on the Democrat side. I just don't think they cheated enough. So come 2020, they made sure to cheat enough. And the reason they never audited the vote in 2016 is because they would have it would have shown like there was cheating. But it was actually you guys. Even though you bitched about it for four years straight, why didn't you just audit the election? Um, and I think they did that because they would have found out that they cheated in that election too. They just didn't cheat enough. So we'll see. I personally, the closer I get to God, and I've I've rededicated myself to all that stuff, and the closer I get to God, the less I worry about any of this stuff. Yes. I think it's I think it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard for me to imagine a world where they let him become the president again uh, just because they have brainwashed so many people, not just the left. The most frustrating thing for me are aren't even people on the left because at this point, I'm just like, man, you're hopeless. But the people who are kind of in the middle and don't really pay much attention, I'm like, you guys are the ones we need to start paying attention because you're not necessarily beholden to one side or another, but we need you to wake the hell up and see that this is not just about politics. It's not just another four-year election. If Trump doesn't win, this country is, in my opinion, never going to recover.
2: Mm -hmm. And And we don't have a... a,
1: There's not another country to go to. Like, Mm -hmm. if you live live in Venezuela and things suck, you can always be like, I'm going to try to go to America one day. (laughs) That's where dreams can happen, you know? But if we fail as a country, then everywhere else fails too. Which is why I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But I could be wrong. I, we'll talk about it in our uh, labor camp when
0: we're all like bunked up next to each other. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of Venezuela, they're like the blueprint of what could happen to us. And if you look at like how that country was going versus how it is now, you're like, holy crap, they're doing the exact same thing. Um, that ha- that destroyed Venezuela to America and people are just too blind to see it. I think Americans are so spoiled and lazy and complacent as a whole that they're like, ah, that can never happen here. And they forget how young this country is and how quickly it could all go to shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the good news is that God's people will be okay and will be taken care of. And even, you know, I, I firmly believe we are living in the final times of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. And we're seeing prophecy before our eyes, but we already know how it ends. And it is going to get worse. It is going to get worse. It's going to get hard, but that should excite us too at the same time because we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. And so because we know the ending, the ending is really amazing and beautiful and and beyond our imagination. Because we're like, we have Stockholm syndrome here on this earth we have no idea we're not supposed to be living with affliction we're not supposed to have like right now i have a frozen shoulder it's the worst thing ever like i can't work out i've been gaining weight that's another reason why i'm depressed but that's a whole other but like we have stockholm syndrome we have no idea how much how what we are losing out on living on this horrible decrepit earth where babies die and and um, we get old and we die and there's just all these awful acts this evil acts that we have to we're not even supposed to be knowing about and so because we know that that the way it's going to end and it's going to be very beautiful we need to hang on to that because things are going to get harder especially if we're going to get put into a full-blown world war three i mean american people we are so loyal imagine when they start sending re- re-implement the draft that's going to be really hard on 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 our country because we don't we're not we're not we're strong, but we're not as strong as we used to be 60 years ago and yeah. 70 years ago. It's a completely different people. It's gonna, it's it's going to cause a lot of people to crack, and our systems are not as strong as they used to be. And we're also a lot more lazy than we used to be as well. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, people don't. We don't have the entrepreneurs like we used to. The innovators like we used to. We still have a few, but everyone's such a consumer now. We're all. I look at this new generation of young people. And they're just like blobs. That's why it's so easy to shine when you're in Gen Z. When you're a young person right now, it's really easy to shine. Because all these all these kids do all day is spend. I used to do a phone fast with my students and have them cut their phone time in half. They're spending 12 hours a day on their phones just staring at screens. It's doling their minds. But um, yeah, we know how it ends. And so this should should give us hope. It is scary, but it should give us hope what we're seeing right now because it is prophecy fulfilled.
0: Yeah. Well, we won't take you, we won't, we won't keep you all day, but, uh, is there anything you wanted to ask before we let her go, Mike?
1: Uh, yeah. Before we did this, Tim was like, we need to write down questions and stuff to ask her during this interview. (laughs) And Tim wrote, you know, your relationship with God and, and politics and all this. And so I'll read the questions that I wrote. Tell us what are your three least favorite foods?
2: Oh, three least i can't i don't like mushrooms okay those are gross and slimy Mm -hmm. um i can't stand uh gosh raisins and anything
0: (laughs) you (laughs) and my wife my wife can't can't stand me
2: and then hmm just bad cooking in general depresses me like when you go out to eat and you Mm -hmm. pay all this money and you get like a really crappy plate of food that's I don't like that. I like my own food. I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do. In fact, I've been doing a lot of cooking therapy lately just to feel better because it's something I'm confident in. I know I can make a good chocolate chip cookie. I know I can mm. you know, make a delicious quesadilla with some homemade salsa for my husband. And that's what I've been doing a lot lately.
1: <laughs> you have a is there a cooking class at the Exodus Institute? Uh,
2: we, uh, You know what? That's, we should have one I don't know we don't have one yet and that's
1: if you need a cooking class teacher uh-huh. this guy you like to cook i'm I'm sure that you're better than I am but uh-huh. I but yeah no I like it it's, it's uh, fun.
2: yeah it's I therapy. agree
1: and, and I think it feels people... really good to like follow a recipe and yes. then have a finished product and And let somebody else taste it and have them be like, "Mm, you made this. Yeah. Like, Uh yeah, I like all that. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So that was the one question that (laughs) I wrote down.
2: (laughs) You must be into food.
1: I am. No, that's just, that's, that's like a, cause I hate onions more than anything anything else. And so that's always the first thing that I ask people is like, what do you hate?
2: So how do you deal with like salsa? You won't eat salsa.
1: I'll I'll just take the chip and dip it and get yeah, the juice on it like and then kind of shake me. it off. Yeah, I I've done
2: better, but I remember when I, the first time I had taught my mom did not let me have fast food as a kid, and I was I thought fast food was like I want it so bad. It looks so cool because this is the eighties and nineties. Fast food was cool at the back then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I finally got Taco Bell for the first time, and it was a beaten and cheese burrito with. Chopped raw onions, and it was like the grossest thing ever. It's Ugh. like the delicious bean and cheese with all these like chunks of raw onion. I'm sure that's really gross to you. The idea oh, that I do. Oh, absolutely! I've
1: bitten into I at least ten times in my life. I've bitten into a Taco Bell bean burrito and there's and a- crunched on yeah. an onion. I just, bleh, I just yeah. spit, <laughs> spit out everything in my mouth.
0: Yeah, raw onions, raw tomatoes for me are too, I cannot, I, I like cooked tomatoes and I love blackened onions, but when they're raw, mm-hmm. eh, I cannot stand it.
1: <laughs> I like tomatoes. The food is so funny because people are like, I
0: can't believe that you would eat that.
1: It's Every like, now and again
0: I pop a tomato in my mouth and I'm like, "Yep, still hate that." yeah like, <laughs> <get> it out. <laughs> anyway,
1: all right. Yeah. Well, if if you well, don't know Mike's asked the most or, important
0: question. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm glad that we had time to get to it cuz that's what the people really care about, I think. Do yeah, you have well, a do you have a, a good like uh, Pitch or whatever? Do you oh, want to advertise sure. your stuff and yeah, wrap it up? People
2: can check me out at thinkexodus.org. So they can go to thinkexodus.org for information about my school. Um, we take donations. If people feel called. I cashed out my retirement to open up the school. So my husband and I took a year off to build the whole school and put it together. And, and during that year, we used our retirement money to do it. And, um, And also, we're always looking for students. So if you know people that are homeschooling or you um, are homeschooling yourself and you want help with your duties, we offer single classes. We also offer full programs. And um, our enrichment program is $20 a month. And that's at thinkexodus.org.
0: Awesome. My my son is, uh, like I said, we're homeschooling him. He's only in junior kindergarten right now. So as far as the homeschooling stuff, we're we're pretty good, but I I would definitely talk to my wife about it because we are going to need help, especially on my end. let they get older. Yeah, yeah, my wife. Well,
2: I, it's a lot of patience to teach the younger ones. I have a elementary credential and a secondary, a high school, middle school credential, and the hardest grade for me to teach was kindergarten. Hardest by far. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like I I remember I was I was substitute teaching for a kindergarten teacher, and she wanted me to spend, I think it was an hour on the number eight. And I was like, "How do you? It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, what else am I supposed to tell these kids? Like, <laughs> two <laughs> circles
0: I'm... on top of each other?
2: Exactly. Like, that's it. Like, I, that takes like you know ten minutes, <laughs> but they they require a lot of patience. Those young ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I sometimes when my kids not being right, I'm like. I'm like, there's something wrong with him. And my wife's like, this is normal. And I'm like, no, it's not. Nobody would have more than one kid if this was normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's getting pretty. He's he's getting pretty cool. He's getting a lot more. Uh, he's starting to understand things a lot more. As far as nice. like, yeah, it's it's really a blessing to have him in our lives. So, um, if there's nothing else you want to say, we'll let you get out of here. I, ha- I do have tons of questions I didn't get to, but uh, we would keep you on here all day long if <laughs> if I did. So, um, yeah. If there's we'll nothing else, you'd next like to time. Say, yeah. yeah, we'd love to have you back sometime.
2: Sure. Thank you for getting me out of my saying no to everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're honored that, that you said yes to us because yes. we, know, we know you're very popular on social media and you're killing it. And we hope you continue to do it. We've used a few of your videos on our podcast. Nice. Um, we, we break out videos that we relate to and sure, uh, sure. We, we've used you a few times. So we really appreciate you.
2: Well, good luck to you guys and God bless.
0: God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Kaylee. Uh-huh. thanks, Kali. I keep wanting to call you Kaylee. I'm sorry. It's Wait, a, you
2: just you didn't say it the whole time. So you just said it at the end.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, Kali, <laughs> so much. We appreciate you and God bless you. Have a great yes. day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Uh, all right, everybody. Episode 61 with our first guest, Kali Fontania. Um, yeah, there at the end, I'm like, Kaylee, fuck. I'm sure <laughs> that she's used to it. That's what. Uh, yeah, for days, be. I've been practicing her name the wrong way. <laughs> so right. anyway, well, that was fun, we, right?
1: I had fun. Yeah, I thought she's very interesting. I I wish I had a kid so I could send him to the exodus uh Dot think, .org. Think exodus.org.
0: Yeah, it's rolling across the bottom of the screen there. Did we want to talk did we want to show that video or are we just going to save it for next week or, or Thursday?
1: Let's save it for next week. I feel like
0: this is a a nice self-contained episode. Okay, cool, man. Well, uh, as always, go to Making It Happen, M A C A N It Happen, and help out little Bo Making and his family. I've been forgetting to say that at the end of the podcast, but um, yeah, go there and help him and uh, all that stuff scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Follow us on our social medias and uh, tell your friends about us if you enjoy this podcast because we're not going to stop. And we think the truth is important and we try to put it out there as best as we possibly can. Um, and if we're wrong about stuff, we're usually pretty good about admitting it. So, Yep. Uh yeah. I didn't yeah. I
1: didn't smoke the whole episode out of respect for our guest. So, now she's yeah. gone.
0: <laughs> all right everybody, god bless all of you. Thanks so much for tuning in and take care. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.